Hey, and welcome back to another We're Not Made for Everyone podcast. Today, we got on here, we got our Florida man, Zach, on here, and we have a, a new guest host for this time, Miss Toya. And today, we're going to talk about some things that are really deal with people in the workplace, and we're going to talk about awareness for what's going on for this month. So we're going to talk about suicide prevention and work stress place. Toy, you want to give a quick introduction of yourself and some of your credentials? Hello. I'm Toya. I'm a social worker. have my master's degree since 2001. Moved to Florida about 15, 14, 15 years ago. Single mom to adult son. Okay. You have your hearing aids on? Ooh, Zach, we're not that. Just close to your microphone. <laughs> That's all. Um, okay. So, <laughs> as we know, this month uh, is Suicide Prevention Month. And I'm a, I'm a very advocate for it within the church world, but that's really where I'm at, about making sure you checking on people. Don't let them buy by just saying, I'm okay. It's good. Or the church saying, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. That's not going to work for me. Because so you're going through something, you need somebody to outlet. I know we have a higher deity that we can depend upon, but that's why he made us human beings so we can depend upon each other to help each other get through things. So in Suicide Prevention, I make sure people talk. I always check on Zach No, I told you know a little bit. I'm old school. I just want to tell you, hey, you, you all right? You doing okay? I'm just old school like that because I know sometimes that's just a point somebody needs to say. This is bothering me. They need the outlet to be the listening ear. And with with Miss Toya on the line, you know, she has the most, I say, education in this area. Because <laughs> she has, she said since a certain year, I don't have that many years like she does. So I will lean upon her expertise. So give us some insight on why do we need suicide prevention? So post-COVID, Suicide rate has skyrocketed because people are not able to cope with the isolation and depression. Um, I learned a long time ago that when people say that that's something they want to do or something they're thinking about, take it seriously. Don't ever assume, or they're not going to do that. They don't have the heart to do that because those are the ones that put through the cracks and end up doing it. And the most ironic thing about suicide is the term successful suicide because it should be successful, but that's the terminology that we use in this day and age. And that's just ironic to me that success and suicide can be in the same sentence. Um, most recently, an example um, a couple of the children that I counsel wrote notes or sent texts expressing suicidal thoughts and they really had no intention of carrying it out but they said it so we have to take it very seriously and one was facial active and one just cried a little heart out and said she really didn't want to do it and I had to tell them you know you can't use those words to 
ましてプレスプレスですね。プレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレスプレポテンシャル。I think all of us agree to that. 
and I, I, I really want to bring this to the platform of the uh, the podcast because uh, I believe Toya, Zach, no, I had a mate that committed um, suicide. And she she was at a point where she did not do what both of you are saying. She wasn't talking to no one about it. She refused to get help. She refused it. She tried to be the, I call it, I think me and Toya remember this song, Superwoman. <laughs> she tried to live out that song. Yeah. And it did not work for her benefit because she never got a chance to talk to someone. She never talked about her childhood trauma. She never talked about when they came from the Dominican Republic to the U.S. and then all the things that they almost got her caught in human trafficking. They don't, she never talked about that stuff. Right. So all of that stuff is just building. And the illustration you were talking about with the, uh, the Perrier bottle, you keep shaking it yeah. up, keep shaking it up. And at yeah. some point, what's going to happen? Yeah. Son of us. And, 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 and that's what happened. And that's from that point, and this I'm talking about 2001, I have been a person to don't give a permanent solution to a temporary yeah. problem. Yeah. That is suicide is like for the, for the individual, they think it solves all the problems because they believe that if they weren't here, things would be so much better for everyone around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Which that, is the complete opposite. Yeah, because it, it caused more problems for her mother. Exactly. And, and I it's mean, not, it's not, because, you know, everybody deals with that differently. Yes. So it's trauma because her sister was 15 when she did it. Mm-hmm. So she's in her ninth grade year and your sister and she know you know yeah. that's already a transitional time period for a child anyway. Yeah. And then this happens in your your very personal inner circle life. It's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have two friends. One I grew up with and one I met at a job that I had. ironic she says that because about fifth grade we, we had that discussion um this was fifth grade so this is around the Persian Gulf War the, the first one and when officers was coming back 
and they couldn't adjust back from what they went through at the war. And a couple, one of the um, classmates, their father, who was in the military, committed suicide. And that's a question that ended up coming up in our fifth grade class. And you said fourth or fifth grade. That, that's well, a I, I, I went to parochial school then. So, yeah. oh, that, I'm sorry, that means Catholic school. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. All righty then. But yeah, but I, I be, that's, that's, I think that's the reason I put on this platform to talk about it, because we want to address it, because it's something that really needs to be brought to the forefront, and I bring it forefront in the church a- aspect, and some people always don't understand that. So I bring it forth in every area that I, I'm in, because right. what I experience directly. Right. But I remember growing up, and therapy wasn't an option in a black household, talking about what occurred in a family wasn't an option. Um, you kind of just sucked it up and kept it moving. And there was nobody to explain what was happening. Yeah. So, you know, you don't talk about the things that happened in the house. You don't talk about um, Uncle Johnny who may have attempted suicide. You don't talk about Aunt Sally's alcoholism or drug abuse. Don't talk about those things. So us growing up, we kind of just have to fence for ourselves and figure out how to deal with it or not deal with it. Yeah, not dealing with it didn't help us. And I think that's why we had so many issues and Uh and this is a personal opinion. I have not had scientific or, uh, or psychological proof, to, but I believe that's some of the reasons we have. We got into more of the um, alcoholism, the drugs, because we just yes. had no outlet to deal with what was going yes. on. So we start to self-medicate. Yes, I believe that. I really believe that. And then in um, low-income neighborhoods, there's more liquor stores than anything else. So that also plays a part. In the choices that we made growing up. Very true. Even though I need to say I have never been drunk so high. Thank you very much. <laughs> I got you. Can you say that? I got you. Can Zach say that? I got it. Huh? <laughs> I come in peace. <laughs> Well, what I'm going to do, because we're about to transition, I'm going to do this here because I want to talk about workplace stress and how we can deal with it because I think that sometimes leads to some places of suicide. So I'm going to give this number out real quick. I hope this still is a national number because the suicide prevention number or suicide lifeline is going to be um, 1-800-273-8255. If you don't actually have a person to reach, call that number. You ain't, you ain't got to end your life. There's <laughs> ways okay. out here to help you get through your situation. And that's what we really are here to um, put on this platform that you can get help. And this, yeah. is, this is not the first time, like, like come next month, like I always did, we we're going to have something for breast cancer awareness and other things where, you know, hotlines, places you can get tested, mammograms are free. I put that information because I believe in 
I'm not, I talk about current events and what's going on, but I also got to be some form of help for people out there. Can we all agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now we finna get some real, real Okay, y'all listeners, y'all know. We're not made for everyone. That's why I've made said that because we can get messy right now. Workplace stress. <laughs> <laughs> we deal we don't deal with stress, do we, at work? Huh? We don't deal with stress at work. So no, what do we not do? Not at all. Everybody does their job, right? Okay, I'm saying even with doing our job, and Toy interject anytime you need to. Uh, I'm just saying when we're doing our job and we're doing what we're, we're actually hired for, that we're qualified for, a lot of times we may not have a degree for it, but we at least qualify because we've got some experience doing something in that realm. Uh-huh. And we come to do our job, and then we got other people who like to put, like I said, like put sugar in the game, throw a wrench in the all that. They come up and they create sometimes a stressful environment. <laughs> well, hold on. Let me get the other one out because we're going to talk about it. Then the other one, when you have the people who, who are your supervisors or management who don't understand your position and try to come up with a different way to explain it and think how you supposed to do your job. But when you look at and understand what your job is, you, that's not it. But they, uh-huh. they don't understand it. They try to create an environment that creates a hostile environment. Hostile environment keeps what? Workplace stress. So, so let's hit it. Then, now, Zach, come on. I'm gonna let you let you talk about this just a little bit. Give you space. Give you space. Work. You know, no matter where you work, you are going to have stress. I don't care if it's. Yeah. I don't care where you work. I don't care if it's your favorite job. Least you're always going to have stress. But in particular, our job where we work, especially during this pandemic time. And we have people that don't know how to operate past pandemic time trying to get back to normal and they can only do one and it's their way and their way only. That is what causes distress. And then you have upper management saying, oh, their actions and this and that shouldn't affect you. It doesn't affect me until it does affect me, if that makes sense. Is I'm not. What'd she say? What's that mean? So it doesn't affect me. Like I am not sitting there. Usually if they say something doesn't affect me until it gets me involved. Meaning if we're short of people and now it involves me because I'm involved, it affects me now personally. Yeah. Is you, if they know what's going on and they don't make up a plan and you know, we all have rules that we have to follow in, at our job, it's ratio. If you know we're short staff, and I mean short staff, to where we can barely figure out who's working after us, yet alone who's coming in with us, and you have all this stuff, and you are running a business, a cottage, whatever, and you are sitting there not doing anything, you are not reliable for anything, you're not a supervisor that is on duty or you're not leading the pack and you don't want to do anything because you're too big for it, then yes, it becomes stress because now it falls on me and the rest of us. How are we going to do that? Because that person's not going to do anything. Is that when that's when the stress comes because it's not just once it's not twice. It's not, it's a continual thing. And 
when you don't have the support and everything and it falls back on us and you know if anything goes wrong they're not going to take blames on them it's coming for us in a ma- right. and and it's no you know it you do blow up and you know unfortunately that happened to me is i've had enough it's i'm not taking it anymore because why am i having to figure this out when someone is a supervisor it's their place to do it but you are nowhere to be found you have the door shut and now we have to deal with it and no one else wants to step in oh well that's not my place to step in oh so now we have to figure it out and we're going to be out of ratio causing whatever stressful situation we got to work there and we work with kids which is stressful just on a normal day and now we got to deal with this and how someone's getting there during rush hour on I-4 and if anybody that lives in Florida knows what I-4 is with the construction going on, even without construction during rush hour is oh yes. ridiculous. Now you add construction yeah. on top of that. That's enough to cause you stress right there. But now you have to drive in it and now you have to hope they come back on time. We have a certain amount of time that we have to be back and we clock out and we have to come in the next day. If for that particular reason, someone had to. But if you're just going to stay in there and then it's they act like we don't have nowhere to go. I have something to do. I'm in charge of one half, my cottage. They're in charge of it. But when we don't have the people to do it, how am I supposed to carry on my things, watching out for my coworkers? Because I don't want them to get in trouble. And then a supervisor is just sitting there not doing anything. He is not the SOD. He's not doing anything. This person is just sitting there. With his door closed, pretending the world doesn't exist. That is when I have a problem. When they're not willing to put in the effort and causing it stress on us when they can just relax. That's where I have the problem with stress. And it is stressful and it is stressful and it is stressful. And when no one listens and it's, okay, well, we'll talk to them. Okay, what are you going to do about it? Upon, yeah. Okay, question. So in, in the situation, that particular one, before you interject any time you need to, okay, um, uh-huh. you have someone who is only went after the position because it's a position of power and authority, but does not understand their position. It doesn't take the time to understand how to lead and know what is required of you because anybody who leads should know how to make sure that they don't keep dumping stress on the team. You're here to lead the team and work with the team so we get situations resolved and steady adding stress, steady adding frustration, steady adding all of these things to you. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the problem. That's why I said we talk about workplace stress because if, if, if Zach, our Florida man, did not know how to be able to verbally express and get out with his frustrations and all that, that could lead him to another place of becoming close to awakening if he had a family history or whatever, or tra- trauma could could lead to what, what we're talking about, our mental health, but sometimes the domino effect to going to suicide. Yeah. And when you have people in those positions saying they had 33 years of experience of leading people, how are you got showing that you had that experience when you just sit there 
and I'm gonna be shady right now. Sit on your phone, play uh, solitaire. Sit on your phone, playing spades. Sit on your phone, looking at ESPN, or sleep there and acting like you're there, just working on the computer. But you ain't working on the computer because your face is not facing the computer. So how is that helping with the situation? If you a leader, and we talking about workplace stress. I would figure the leader would have a little bit more stress than we would because they're trying to make sure everything runs smooth as possible. Right. That's, uh-huh. not, that's not happening, right? You know, something I learned a while back is just because somebody's been doing something for a long time doesn't mean they've been doing it for They don't know the shit. I got you. I got you. you. Know, just because the person's been leading for 30 some odd years doesn't mean he's been leading it right. So, you know, just take that with a grain of salt. But yeah, I mean, I agree with what you said. When people understand their role and understand their subordinates' role, then they can more adequately lead because they know what's expected of them and they know what's expected of their team. But within the word team, it takes a village. Right. And because we do work with children, it's added stress, not just because we work with children, but the fact that we can't always show them the amount of stress that we're under. So we end up being stressed and then having to hide it because we mm-hmm. don't want them to be impacted by it. And that's, that's where it becomes extra difficult. Because sometimes there is no solution. Like with that said, with, with the situation that we were talking about, there was no viable solution to it. Because the person in a position of authority went and hid. And that put everything back on everyone else. Mm-hmm. So, to, to clarify, y'all made it happen. But at what cost? Like, you know what I mean? At, at, so whose detriment did y'all have to make it happen? Everything that needed to get done did get done, in fact. But the level of stress was very, very high. It wasn't. You know, it's not, it's, I believe, and it's, you know, the people that run the whole place as well. It's. You know, you look at certain situation more of money than what's actually the whole program is all about. And, you know, where we work, you know, it's I'm not saying every kid is bad um, because they're not. It's I understand kids are kids, but there are certain kids that don't benefit from where we are because of the circumstances that we're in. We're an open campus. Uh, There's just certain things that some of these kids need more help that we cannot help them with and that we don't have the schooling for that. We didn't, we don't know how to, like a lot of it is out of our hands, but then they put it into our hands because some of them are bringing in more money, causing more stress. And you can't sit down. I'm not saying all of them, but you can't sit down and talk to them because then they think you're going over their head and trying to come up with something. It's like, I'm just trying to make it easier. And it's like the minute we express something that they don't want to hear, it's, oh, he's rebellious, which what what everybody put on me is 
because where my situation, I moved from one place to the other, and it was, oh, he's rebellious, he doesn't listen, he doesn't do that. Which causes even more stress because I'm doing my job, and then you have people that can't talk to you face-to-face, and then you start hearing all these things behind your back. Oh, and yeah. and it's, you know, you ignore it, it is what it is, but when it continually happens, and continually yeah. happens, and then the person can't confront you, and then talks to you as if nothing's going to happen yeah i have a problem and then the minute you say something to them oh you're being rebellious i'm going to write you up really yeah like and it causes stress because then we don't want to do anything like we don't want to say anything okay exactly okay that's that's it right there that's it that's this 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 is why i wanted the conversation to get right right there when their stress has affected you so much that you don't even want to do the job that you hired for because it feels like anytime you do anything, it's screwed in that. You're wrong. Yep. You're ripped to stress. Oh, you yep. shouldn't do it that way. You shouldn't do it. But do you understand yep. what my position is? Do you understand? Mm-hmm. I come in here with a mindset and a passion to help children. Because yep. everyone else on here has a passion to help children in some yep. shape or form. And then you come in with this crazy stuff, it makes it yep. very difficult. So and it now. Makes you not really do. It's like one well, now these things is like okay now what we gonna do? Yep. I gotta come here. Sometimes I gotta sit in this car, get my mind yep. right. Mm-hmm. As, as me, I, I think Zach does the same thing. As we put like music on because our music is our like calming area to get us yep. back into a level here. Gotta put that on so we get to that place so we can come in there yep. and do our job and, try, and, and do it effective as much as we can in the situation we're in. But then mm-hmm. our stress and what we what we the, this topic is right now. Is to keep this workplace stress not coming into the house, right? Yeah, and that, and I think where we work, there are so many because they hire certain people not for the right reason, and then the people that are between the higher person and the person that's running a certain cottage or a certain someone is everybody in between is then put in the middle. Because of whatever beef they have in the past or whatever, they tried to make it to everybody in the middle is that they're the trying to put everybody in the middle of their feud. And that adds more stress. I don't want to be in the middle of a feud. I don't care what happened yeah. in your guys' past. If you guys can't sit there and figure it out like adults, I'm not going to help you fight your wars. I don't care for it. That's not why I came to work. I came to work for the kids. And when you add that much more stress on, it's unnecessary stress. And everybody is feeling it at this point. And it's it's getting to everybody because it's, it creates a toxic atmosphere. Yes. yes. Yeah, you said yes. it. <laughs> you said it. Yes. To where it's, it's not just. All by yourself. Yes. So it's, the children that we serve have been traumatized, but so have all of us. Yeah, and you know, from where we work and with foster care and everything, it's these kids have been through a lot. And if we show what we're really showing, yeah. it's going to trigger them. Yeah. Because they have been through it. They don't like it. It's You see it with some of the kids. And some of the kids know when I'm upset. It, I don't necessarily show it, but just my face and my yeah. expressions. But it's an energy and they feel it. So they and, and, they, and they do feel it. And you know, and you're trying so hard deep down uh-huh. 
and then you know you you have it built up and you know it and then there are too many places just like we were talking about suicide how you need to get it off your chest and how you need to get it off and talk to people the stress and i think we talked about the stress can lead to potentially getting more but in a workplace you don't really have that many people to sit down and talk to so you're over here building all this other stuff luckily i can come home and express myself to my girlfriend to my mom or whoever and i have someone at work a supervisor who i that i can sit there and talk to right but not everybody has that and you know sometimes he's not there and it's like everything's like built up and it's like just a toxic thing because it's like one thing after another Zach, yeah i i want to throw this in because you had mentioned something you do have a supervisor. I commend your supervisor for creating a rapport with everybody he works with. Because he doesn't make him like he's better than you because right. of this he has. But the rapport. But you have other people who try to invade into the safe space you have with your supervisor. Mm-hmm. And I think, just remember, just my personal, I think that's to me, that could almost be like a HIPAA violation because I could be talking about something that I just need to stress with that person and I have not given the freedom to the other person who's trying to listen and be nosy to hear what uh-huh. we're talking about to run to uh, the, the management and try to tell something to create an environment where no one has the freedom to be able to talk. And that creates more of the, the toxicity and the more the hostile uh-huh. environment that creates more stress and then you wonder why you don't have enough people or people won't stay. Look at the environment you, you create. You need to have safe spaces out here to help deal with this, the stress of work. Uh-huh. You need safe spaces. And when yeah. people violate that, it's like, then where do I go? Because what's going to happen is if, if you're not strong-minded enough like Zach is or like I am or like Toy is, What's going to happen to that person? Are we going to right. see them on the news talking about when postal right. or they went on the news? Are we going to see them talking about person committed suicide? What are we going to see? You always uh-huh. must have a safe space. I worked in corporate America. I was a supervisor for an insurance firm. Corporate America, over 125 people just in my department alone. And I always created a safe place. I didn't play the radio, but I created a safe place. If they needed this or I need to go because this is going on or something is really bothering me, come sit down. Uh-huh. But if you don't create that safe place, you're you going to have people who, who are willing to jump off the building because they can't just take yeah. it no more because don't, you don't know what they do. Because sometimes work is their escape from home. And if you yeah. make work more stressful than home, what, where do they have to go? Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, unfortunately where we work, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer you may not like certain people for whatever reason, but you got to treat everybody fair. Yeah. yeah. Fair as in you can't favor certain people for whatever reason. And, you know, right. and that's another thing that will cause stress is when you go and they say no for you, but then someone else yeah. is like, oh, yeah, well, I know this. And they told me the same thing. I told them no. And like, oh, okay, no problem. Yeah. So you're treating everybody as if, Oh, I like him better because they're in. Well, they like to call brothers 
or whatever they uh, are. Uh, go ahead, call a spade a spade, Zach. I told you, we I created safe play. If you want to talk about people who try to show more favoritism until they frat brothers because they're in the same fraternity, that 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 does violate a brotherhood at some point. Because if you're hired for a position to do, you must do your position well and show in your brotherhood that you understand when it's time to be professional and when it's time for us to chill and be off, be frat. You got to understand the difference. And that's not showing brotherhood and not being professional. Yeah. And, you know, it's just the fact that, you know, if we're going to follow the rules where we are 2.0 for a job, when you allow certain kids to get a job well below a 2.0 at the time to have a job and continue working a job but then one that had the highest gpa at the time almost a 3.0 if it wasn't a 3.0 you don't allow that person to get a job because you don't like them or for whatever reason and you say need to focus on school focus on school he has the highest GPA, but you let two other people that don't have anywhere close, like it's it not only causes like stress on us because now we have to talk to the kids and explain to them, oh well, and we have to try to do it in a way not to sound like we're going against the supervisor. We have to do it in a professional way to where the kids are gonna understand. So we're not it doesn't sound like we're I don't like Palmer, but I don't like the certain person, but I've I've had to express it in a way. <laughs> I had to express it in a certain way to where the hatred couldn't come out because I had to be professional about it. Is it stressful? Yes, because yeah. you want to say everything on you because you're the middleman. This is where the middleman comes involved again because it's like the supervisor and the kids were the middleman. Now we have to explain it because that person won't explain it to them. So we get involved. I like you what you said. You just said can't explain it because as we understand chain of command, we follow chain of command. But this person doesn't do that and they have some agenda out there because they're in their feelings because they didn't get a position and I'm both spiritual, and I say if the position was meant for you, that was in your destiny. Put out there, you would be in that position. However, your character uh-huh. <laughs> and your professionalism doesn't show you need to be in that position. Yeah. <laughs> Anything I always say, even in our stressful, most stressful point, our character should show through. Mm-hmm. You, whatever your character is, you're the, you're, the, you're the compassionate, listening, understanding person, even in some of your stress positions, that still shows through. If you are in a stress position, you are a two-year-old, tantrum uh adult male that's 60 some years old, <laughs> but don't yeah. understand how to process stuff, can't spell certain words and you're 61, shows through. That means you're you're just in a position what paper says, but you're not uh-huh. mentally, ethically, uh-huh. <laughs> the integrity uh-huh. to have the position. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's hard to be successful. He, I don't know. He know what is successful means. Being in management or being a supervisor does not always mean 
you're successful. That right. could mean I can know how to fill out the, and meet the requirements of a position. Now, being in those positions and bringing change and moving them into great areas that you see in this see things growth and leaps and bounds and, and this vision there shows that you're successful. Just being in position does not make you successful. Right. No, because people that we've seen it with how many presidents just because they're president doesn't necessarily mean they know how to do it. It's yeah. a, it's a lot. don't know the position. That goes yes. back to it. Yeah. They think it's easy just to go in there and do certain things that they don't have to do anything and then it relies on them and then they, they're they going to put it on their certain people. Oh, that's not me. That's not me. Oh, okay. But, I mean, another another thing is is, you know, a lot of workplaces is when something like if people get written up or whatever, they like hanging it over that person's head. Uh-huh. It's hanging it over their head and I've been through it. It's, I know I'm doing my job right, but it lingers with you because they're always going to bring it back up. And it's like, okay, what did I do this time? I know I didn't do anything. And you have that in the back of your mind because they're always going to bring that up. And it's like, dude, I've moved on. It happened. It's done. It's over. I can't go back. Like I've pushed and, and they get so mad because you've moved on. They haven't. They are expecting you to keep on. It's going to affect you. It's going to affect. It doesn't affect, It happen. It's done. It's over with. Move on. But they're going to bring it over so it can affect you. So it is like this level of stress to where, okay, well, we're going to do this. Remember that one time? I don't care about that one time, but it's always going to be there because they can't just drop it because you've dropped it. They can't. You've moved on and they have yet to figure it out. And their only way to get back at you is to hang that over the head and that that is stressful because you don't even have to do anything and they're just going to like, it's like blackmailing kind of, oh, remember this one time? Like, dude, shut up. I don't care. It's done. It's over with. Okay. So are you. It's crazy because they they expect, the expectation is for a safe work environment for the children, a safe home environment because the children are safe home environment for the children. But then staff doesn't have a safe work environment. Mm-hmm. So, what's the root of that person, Toya? What's the root of that? We're gonna look at. I want to because because I believe, and I, I keep telling y'all, I'm not a person but correct. I believe when somebody has personal issues and they don't resolve them, and they bring them into professional life. Now, what's the root of that? Why are we with, de- dealing with and letting that linger on in every area of our life? But why they haven't resolved that? They either don't know how or don't think it's a problem. Narcissists don't think they have a problem. I, I, I see that. Everybody else. I can see that. And, and I'm like, it's like, when do you get to that place of understanding or how low do you have to get to recognize I'm the problem? But if everybody... If nobody addresses it individually, then it's easy for the person to think, it's not me. Like I've said this in a group situation. If I have a child whose hygiene is not good and they smell from time to time and everybody notices it, and then I have a group, and in the group I'm saying, well, if you do this, 
one-on-one direct, like, hey, it's you. You are the one that smells. You are the one with the thinking attitude. You are the one with the thinking thinking. It's you. But narcissists don't ever think it's them. Hmm. Valid point. Charles, it's just like when they think, like when we have a plan, and what did they say to us? We're too hypothetical. Oh, yes. And I'm sitting there going, too hypothetical? What, what do you mean I'm too hypothetical? Because I have a plan and I got to know what's going on. What am I going to do? Rely on you when you can even figure out the simplest things? Well, I don't know how we're supposed to rely on someone who creates the, say, to create the stressful environment. That creates the chaos, to create the backfighting, creates all the things that's going on to make it a hostile and work environment. To depend upon you, what we'll do to try to make it look like you can get the shine, but you still squash it, but you still don't have a, have a, another way for us to go. And then when it comes up and everything looks like it's haywire, you looking at us talking about y'all don't work with me. Uh huh. So, well, I mean, that shows in you know, a certain cottage to where this person can't get anybody to work with. Why? Because of the way he's treated every single person. Well, tell him play that song he liked to play for the children. Man in the Mirror? I, you know what? That's come on the past two days. I've come home from work, and on this uh-huh. when we have a certain thing on Tuesday, I might just start the meeting with that. Because it's like talking to me like, yeah, you need to look in the mirror and figure out who the hell you are. Well, Zach, it's an old church song. I know how your background is. I don't think you know this one. Toya might know it. But it was a song that said, I'm too close to the mirror to see what I need to see. I've heard that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Sometimes we say look in the mirror, but unless you step back to really see what's going on, you don't know what's going on in that man in the mirror because you're too close to see anything. But yeah. What you gonna do? You tell a woman to put makeup on with her eyes closed while she's right. in the mirror. She, it's gonna be a hot mess. Yeah. And that's what you're creating because you're not. And the hot mess is the more stressful, hostile work environment. Now, after we sit with all the all the things that contribute to it, at the end of the day, just like for suicide prevention, we got to have some outlets. Yeah. Unfortunately, with people like that, they are never going to surrender and say they are doing anything wrong. Yeah. Is they, they will never realize that. And then they're the ones that play victim. Oh, what did I do? What what did you do? What didn't you do? Too like it, for the mirror. Yeah, and it's you you gotta open up your eyes and realize how can with some people, like you got to realize you're the problem. If you can't realize that, then you shouldn't be working at all anywhere. You have issues of your own that you have to deal with. If you and can't, the thing get... is, he's not, he, that individual is not the sole problem. No, but he's definitely a major part of the problem. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Because it also is upper management, too, because they know and not doing and they're not addressing and you know we always get oh you guys have bad attitude but like i said to you guys on what thursday yesterday or whatever mm-hmm. attitude reflects leadership from remember the titans yeah. mm-hmm. is yeah. attitude whatever attitude you give us 
is the same one we're going to give to you because you guys are the leaders here. We're supposed to be looking up to you guys and you guys are supposed to be guiding us. So if you look at us and you say we're not doing anything and you're giving us a stink-ass attitude, guess what's coming back? Yeah. Stink-ass attitude because why am I going to – why am I doing everything that I got to do but you still look at me as, as rebellious? Like why am I going to go above and beyond when you guys will – like your attitude towards me is always going to be that attitude. Why am I going to do anything else? All right, my attitude is going to match your attitude. And that's how like that's how it is where we work and you know it's it, it it is stressful and there's just it doesn't seem to get any better and the stress keeps on going and going and going and going until we get to our breaking point. So what's going face do we want? Okay, so we've already stressed and we've already got and it's almost time to wrap up. Um with the stress and dealing with it, and here's 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 are some things that I would suggest once the stress is, is can't get relief besides our outlets and everything and the situation is still going on. I always suggest documentize uh-huh. via email, via email uh-huh. your chain of command that what the situation uh-huh. is. Once you've gone through that, there are outside what? entities that you go and file your complaints with because mm-hmm. things may have to go to a whole nother level because you do not need to lose quality of life because of workplace stress right yes and you know i am going to say as bad as it sounds there are ways that we do handle it it's either going outside going to the sensory room turning on music there are ways of handling it we're not saying there isn't ways of handling sometimes it gets too much but if you always have a chance to handle it before you explode, either go talk to someone like we've said, go outside for whatever, walk, run, exercise, whatever your escape route is, do it. Yes. Before you get to that point. And, you know, sometimes it just comes out and you catch it in the midst of, okay, I shouldn't have said, let me go walk out before it gets worse. Kind of like I did. I expressed too much but before I let it get any further. I went outside. There are ways of dealing with it. Yes. And, and I think that's the whole point of us even having this, this discussion today. It's ways to deal with. We have stress. Stress comes on the job. I cannot think of not one of us on this line right now doing this podcast that has not seen or been in a stressful environment that made you reevaluate why you're working mm-hmm. but yep. having the outlets knowing ways to deal with it within your own company or within government or wherever you work if you can get those things and be able to do it and do it in the most professional manner when you have yeah. to go to the outside entities you have all your ducks in a row and it's going to make them look bad mm-hmm. it's going to bring a light onto them what they need to do so even I even I know how frustrating you get. I'm not I'm not saying I'm immune to it. I just handle it a little differently. Mm-hmm. But it, there's ways to do it, and make sure we do that. And that's how we're gonna handle that workplace stress. And don't let the workplace stress get to a place if you don't have that person of that you know personally in your life. I'll say the number again. 
this this national uh, suicide prevention lifeline one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Call them. Sometimes in your local area, you have two one one that you can call for resources when you're feeling overwhelmed. So somebody can help talk and assess you to, to make sure you are right. Do what you can to have your quality of life, your mental health at its best. Don't let things and outside stuff get you to a place where you can do something to call danger to yourself or to others. Correct. I agree. Can I just end on? Yeah, I think I I, t- I tapped on this, but please, if you're listening to this or you're anywhere and you hear that number, call it. If you have no one to talk to, if you have people to talk to, whatever. Uh, just because I said this earlier, just because you get help doesn't mean you're less of a person, doesn't mean you're different than anybody else. Everybody goes through different things. Not everybody's been through what you're through. So to compare yourself to someone else, first off, is unfair, and you shouldn't be doing that. But get the help that you need because no one should kill themselves or take a life because you feel like you're not wanted when you are. Is Talk about it. Do There are resources like Charles and Toya and we've all said, but please just reach out. It could be for five minutes. could be for five hours. Whatever you have, there's people willing to listen. Get your resources. I hate people killing themselves because they feel like they are no use to this world. They're no use to anybody. Everybody's going to be better with you. Please get the help when you can get it. There's always someone there for you. Get the help. Get the help. Get the help. I told you to close the marks. Um, don't be too proud to ask to say something. Um, speak to somebody. Sometimes the best person to speak to is someone that doesn't know. Because then there's no judgment. Good point. Mm-hmm. Very good point. I'm going to say thank you to Ms. Toya. Thank you to our Florida man for tuning in. And this was our episode of We're Not Made for Everyone podcast. Thank you out there. If you ever need need someone, please call the number. Please reach out to someone. And if you know someone who's going through sudden, reach out to them. Check on them. And we thank y'all for tuning in. Until next time, y'all have a good one. Y'all be blessed. Yup. Bye.